And we are ready to rock it again tonight here on your Wednesday evening. The employment hour is back. The number always 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell phone, taking your calls over the next hour, you have concerns about your employment, severance, workplace rights. Bring them on. Lior is here to answer them, as well as the Monday night and this, the Wednesday night shows, the weekend shows, also on Global TV. Now we uh, do a concise and uh, wonderful version of the show called Employment Hour in 30, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., the best 30 minutes you can have in your Saturday morning on TV for sure. That, Lior, is uh, just getting rolling, and we're already having great success with that, so looking forward to that again this weekend. But as always, we start the show with the week that was. How are you, pal? Hey, John. Thank you very much, and uh, great to be back, and great to be talking about employment law and, and uh, getting the opportunity to educate people and help people hopefully answer some questions today. If you're struggling with the problem, if you're uh, in a work situation and you don't know what the answer is or something's happened to you, doesn't have to be losing your job. It could be a problem with your boss. Someone did something to you. Well, take advantage of us. We're here till 8 o'clock today for the sole purpose of answering questions and helping out. So uh, there's no bad questions. Just give us a ring right now. I'll answer your question. I'll give you some advice. And hopefully I can give you some guidance as to how to solve your problems in the workplace. And to get us uh, started and revved up, let me talk about a couple of situations in the week that was uh, things that I saw come across uh, my desk uh, very, very recently. John, the first matter I'll tell you about uh, involved a gentleman that last year, uh, during his performance review, he got a great performance review uh, and really was off the charts. In fact, it was so good that what they told him is that next year, uh, the beginning of the year in January, uh, you're going to be getting a promotion. Uh, he was in a marketing role, and everyone knew that the head of the marketing department was retiring. So they told him, uh, starting in, in January of 2018, you're going to be our new head of marketing, uh, and, and so we're very happy you're, you're doing such a great job. Now, he, there's even correspondence to that. There was no, no question that that was the agreement. He was very happy, and it made him be committed and work his butt off so that to prove to them that he was the right uh, choice that they've made. Well, fast forward to now, and he got called into a meeting, and they said that uh, we had a, a meeting here, the, the owners of the company, and we decided to go a different direction with respect to the, the new head of marketing role. So we're not going to be giving you the role after all, and you're going to stay in your, your current role, and, and that's that. Uh, he was extremely disappointed, distraught, and, and embarrassed. I mean, word had spread out around yeah. the office that he's going to be the head of that department. Uh, and, and he called me really distraught, saying, what gives here? Can they do this to me? Do I have any rights? Uh, this is so embarrassing. So what's interesting here is what I told them is that even though you actually never took on this new role, you never actually took on the promotion, the fact that you were promised this promotion and then they reneged on it, that's a constructive dismissal. It became a term of your employment that you're going to be promoted in January. Once they told you, no, we're changing that, that's not happening anymore, that's a constructive dismissal. So your options here is what I told them is you, you can obviously continue working, you don't get the promotion, or you can treat your employment as being terminated and get severance. And what's interesting, John, is the severance that he would have been owed or that he is owed is going to be calculated on the basis of the salary that he would have made in the new position even though he never wow. actually started getting that salary. So hmm. I thought this was an interesting situation, and I want our listeners to know that if your employer makes a certain promise to you, uh, certainly if it's a, it's a good promise, something good's going to happen, and then they just renege on it, that could easily be a constructive dismissal, especially if it's an important issue, especially if it's a big deal. You know, if they, if they tell you, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a $200 bonus and that, that doesn't happen, well, that's going to upset you, but that may not be enough. 
If they tell you we're going to give you a $5,000 bonus and then they don't do that potentially, that could be a constructive dismissal. So be mindful of that. An employer can't just say things and then back away, back off from them. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and there are legal repercussions, and I'm going to be working with him, John, over the next few weeks to make sure he gets that compensation. We're going to get to uh, more of uh, that stuff and our severancepaycalculator.com. If you haven't checked that out, find out what your severance offer should be, the real number. We'll, uh, we'll get into that in more detail after we take a short break here. And your phone calls, as always, lines are wide open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. It is help at employmenthour.com through email as well. We are just getting started and warmed up the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM640. Help at employmenthour.com is the email severancepaycalculator.com. If you want to find out what your severance offer should be, the correct amount. We'll get to that in some detail here in just a bit. And a reminder as well, Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock, Global TV, you will catch Employment Hour in 30 as we take this one to television as well. So make sure you tune in for that. Christine, good evening. Hi. Hi, Christine. What's up with you? No, no problem. Um, Go ahead. Okay, so this might seem like a silly question, but I just wanted to know with regards to the minimum wage increase. If this is going sure. to be an increase or a bump for um, all wages, or if it's just specific to minimum uh, wage workers. Uh, like, for example, oh, if you're making, yeah. let's say, um, $17 an hour, if the minimum wage automatically gives me a leg up or it gives me a bump up, or if I continue making that wage, but it's just the minimum wage, that's actually going to be increasing to $15. Yeah, I know it's a good question, uh, Christine. A lot of people are wondering that, but the answer is it's only the minimum wage that gets bumped. In other words, no one's going to be making less than $14 an hour come January 1, 2018. If you're already making more than $14 an hour, then there's absolutely no uh, obligation on the employer to increase your wage. Now, some employers may decide to do that for fairness, maybe, but there's certainly no obligation. It's only those people that are making less than 14 that are going to get bumped up to 14 uh, and, and that's it. Uh, anything beyond that is completely up to the employer, Christine. Can I just ask one more question? Sure. And this might just seem like out of the scope of my previous question, but I always wanted to ask, actually, like, with regards to, um, with regards to um, your behavior outside of work, this is something that I never really understood because I thought there was something in the law to protect the individual from receiving, like, any sort of, like, employment repercussions if, Let's say, for example, like let's say they defame the, um, you know, the the employee, the employer, or they say something like against an employee, or maybe they commit an act of so-called hate towards a certain group, and let's say your employer fires you because of that. I'm just trying to understand like where there is in the actual law that considers this a lawful act that can also consider this a um, like and like a, you know an impediment like against the your employment, let's say, or sure. that, or that, you know, or that makes it difficult, let's say, for you to do your, your actual job, mm-hmm. so for, for you to be on the ground of getting fired, let's say. Right. I understand the question, Christine. Yeah. And so here's how it works with respect to off-duty conduct. Usually the only uh, time an employer can discipline or punish an employee in any way because of off-duty conduct is if the off-duty conduct is going to impact the employer, if it's going to impact the workplace. So, for example, if you're going to be, uh, if, if you're out uh, and uh, you know you're, you're 
going to be violent towards a coworker, you know, on your own time, well, that potentially is going to impact the workplace. So you absolutely could have repercussions to that. By the same token, if you're going to commit uh, a hate crime and identify yourself as an employee of your employer, well, that's going to impact the employer. Perhaps no one's going to want to work with your employer because they have an employee that committed a hate crime. So it's going to have a direct impact. So generally speaking, you do have some leeway. You can do things even if they're not good uh, and the employer can't punish you. But in some situations, if it's going to directly impact the, the employer, if it's going to potentially cost the employer uh, money or, or create some liability for the employer, they absolutely can discipline you. So this is also important with respect to social media. You have to be careful what you post about in social media. Uh, there really isn't such a thing as my time. If your time impacts your employer, there absolutely can be legal repercussions. Is there an actual um, is there an actual law in the Charter of Rights that we can point to that that um, no that the, 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 the Charter only really? impacts uh, the Charter only impacts acts of government. Uh, this is what our courts have decided over over the years. So th there's no there's no statute that says that. That's simply what our courts have decided. Again, the Charter only applies to acts of government. It has nothing to do with with private businesses. Christine, appreciate your call. Moving forward, you need to speak to Lior or anybody at the firm, one 821 5900 That's probably a question we get and we have had in the past four years when it gets close to you know Christmas time at the company parties, right? How much can they get away with, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the short answer is certainly in a Christmas party, by the way. You mentioned that. You know, that's the time of year. Christmas parties are considered a work function. So whatever right. happens in the Christmas party, it may as well have happened in the office between 9 and 5. So, so you can't just say, well, you know, it's, it's a Christmas party. We're not technically at work, so I can do whatever I want. If you do uh, whatever you want, then guess what? Uh, there will be legal repercussions, uh, and so you have to be careful. You mentioned discipline, but it's not always, and I, I imagine in most cases, it wouldn't rise to the level of cause, right? Well, absolutely. Remember, cause is the ultimate penalty. It's mm -hmm. the capital punishment. It's the worst punishment for the worst offense. So you may have done something, whether it's off-duty or while you're working, uh, that something that's wrong, it doesn't mean that the company has the right to let you go. They may have other discipline, a warning, maybe even a suspension. Uh, it's really only in the extreme situations that you can be let go. And if you are let go when the company doesn't have cause, well, that would be a wrongful dismissal. You're going to be owed compensation. And that is a very, very common situation, John, every single day without any exception. I speak with people that supposedly are let go because they did something wrong for cause when it's not really cause yeah. uh, and they've been wrongfully dismissed. An incredibly simple but uh, an incredibly valuable tool, severancepaycalculator.com. Give us some details before we go to break. The reason I, I started this show, John, was because there's a lot of misconceptions about uh, workplace rights, and the biggest misconceptions have to do with termination of employment. People believe that they get a week's pay per year, two weeks, or, or some other formula. That is all wrong, and because people believe these things, they accept a lot less severance than they're owed. So we started doing this show to inform people, but I wanted to give even more information to make that information more accessible. So severancepaycalculator.com is the tool that I created that allows anyone to find out immediately how much severance they're owed, if they lost their job, if they're worried about losing their job, if they're just curious. You just go to severancepaycalculator.com, you answer three questions, it's quick, it's fast, it's anonymous, it's free, uh, and there's no strings attached. 
Use it the first place you go to if you lose your job. Don't believe any misconceptions. Find out the real amount at severancepaycalculator.com. Taking a short break, we have open lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, help at employmenthour.com. And a reminder, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. now, you will catch on Global Employment Hour in 30. Lots more coming up. And Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on Global TV, Employment Hour and 30. Check it out this weekend and every weekend following that as well. More information and a version of what we do here on the radio show for the past four and a half years. Monday night as well and uh, the weekend editions of the Employment Hour uh, right here on Talk Radio AM 640. As always, phone calls have top, top, top priority. So we'll get to uh, get to Sue here. Hey, Sue, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hi, I'm on Bluetooth. I hope that doesn't affect their talking. Hey, you sound pretty good. Okay, good. All right. Okay, so I'm just wanting you to help me. So I work at a place. Um, I've been doing the job for 17 years. I'm still employed there. I haven't lost my job or anything. Uh, but my question to you is I have a, a sick father and a sick brother that I take care of every day. Uh, my job starts at 5.30 in the morning. I'm off at approximately 2. Sometimes I don't get out of there until 3. Um, and they want to change my hours. But my problem with this is, and they've, 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 they've come up with solutions, but those solutions just won't work because I live farther away. So me getting into work at the time they want me to come in will take me at least an hour more. Visiting my father and my brother with what they need done can't happen. So I'm just wondering what my rights are there. If, I was, if I've been there 17 years, been on the same shift for nine years, and all of a sudden now because they've hired somebody new that they think is going to work out this time, they want to change my hours. I got it, Sue. I, I understand completely. Though, first of all, irrespective of the family situation, you taking care of uh, of your father and, and brother, irrespective of that, they can't. They don't have a right to change your hours of work. Okay, so you've been doing your hours of work for for a long time. Any change like that is is actually illegal. You have the right, if they insist on it, to treat it as a constructive dismissal, irrespective of of the reason why you don't want to do it. So, so that's to start off there. They can't do it. Now, second. If, in fact, there's a, a, a particular reason why you can't uh, work those hours because you have some family obligations, if they were to say, too bad, we're doing it anyway, that could also be potentially a breach of the human rights code. You, you are required to be accommodated for what we call family status. So if there's certain family responsibilities that you have, they have to accommodate those. And that may mean giving you some flexibility with your schedule. So, so there's those two issues here. Now, I would suggest to see if you can work it out with them and explain to them why you can't do it and that you don't want to work another shift. If they insist, uh, I can either get them off your back by sending them a letter, or if you would just want out of there, I can treat that as a constructive dismissal and get you severance. And after all these years, you could be looking potentially at you know, 18 months pay, maybe somewhere in that range. So it's going to be a significant amount, uh, Sue. Uh, but the good news is you have options, and they, can't, they don't have the right to unilaterally change your shifts. Now, even if I was hired for a, 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 a shift that changes, like my first hire, my hiring was based on um, a shift that changes, which is what they said to me. Well, if we wanted, we could force you because you were hired for shift work. No, absolutely not. If you've been working a consistent shift, I think you said for nine years or so, then no, that's that becomes the term of your employment. And the fact that initially they hired you to do something else doesn't really matter. They can't go back to the way things were. Uh, they can't do that any more than you could. So no, uh, they, they can't change it. It doesn't matter why they hired you. And if they push you, if they insist, if they implement this, you give me a call and I can take care of it. 
Okay, I have one more question for you. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Is there a law against how much work they put on one person? Well, no, not per se. Uh, there's a law in terms of hours of work and, and, and overtime, and they can't put work on you that becomes unsafe. If, if they require you to do so much that you can't do it safely, there may be work uh, laws about that. But other than that, not really. Uh, it's as long as they pay you for your time and they pay you any overtime and they don't make you work more than the legal amount of hours they're allowed to work in a week, then, then no, that there really isn't uh, a law like that. Okay. All right. And, and even if it's going to drive you insane. <laughs> I mean, yes, even so. I don't want to work hard. I love working hard, but I just too much is too much. Like, you know, they got you on three different things, take care of three different things, and then right. your own job on top of that is very, very right. stressful. Um, but I, I, you know what? You helped me out with the main question, and that's what I'm happy for. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Sue. What kind of thing would I say to them? Like, how would I approach that? So, Sue, so why don't you and I connect off air so that uh, I can give you some specific guidance as to how to approach them. John, I'll give you the number. I'll be more than happy to chat with you. Sue, that number, one 855 Again, one 855 or help at employmenthour.com. Joe, I see you waiting there. Hang on the line. We'll get to you. We'll take another short break here on the Employment Hour. Lots to get through. SeverancePayCalculator.com. If you haven't checked that out, have a look at that one as well. And Global TV at 10 a.m. on Sunday. You'll catch the Employment Hour in 30. In addition to the radio shows on AM640, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. you will catch Employment Hour in 30, a 30-minute show, and you really should uh, tune in this Saturday to see it. If you haven't already, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Joe, thanks for uh, hanging through the break, fella. How are you? Hi, thanks, guys. Not bad. Uh, I've been with a company for a few years now, close to between 20 to 30 years. I'm in my mid-50s right now. I started from scratch with them when... Uh, basically, I'm the only one that started, and uh, now it's gotten bigger. Um, to make a long story short, I can kind of feel the the being pushed out the door. I'm not receiving my emails and not being answered. My phone calls are not being answered, and uh, even my texts. Uh, basically, uh, there's another guy that came on board about uh, a good eight to ten years ago, and uh, my wife took ill at the time, so I asked for some time off. I did get it. Thank God to that. But when it was time for me to go back to work and get the hours that I lost, I asked for them, and it was, you snooze, you lose. Because of that, I went through personal bankruptcy. Uh, Now they're talking about outsourcing the program itself. Now, uh, the reason why I'm thinking ahead is I really don't trust these guys anymore. I mean, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. So I'm kind of beating the process before it goes any further. And now, uh, there's another thing I forgot to tell you. Um, I have a, when I started, they asked us to open up a small company and I'm the only employer employee with that company. They pay my company. I deposit the check to the bank. I'm the only person that works with it. Um, they don't pay my vacation pay. They don't t- pay my holidays. They don't pay nothing. It, you know, you're on your own. Right. Do I have a lake to stand on? Excellent uh, questions, uh, Joe. Really, really important questions. So, so let me break this down a bit. First of all, uh, if uh, and I've said this before on the show, if you're getting a sense that they're about to cut ties to let you go, usually that sense is correct. So you're probably right that that's going to happen. That said, 
there's not much that you can do to get ahead of it in the sense that if they're going to let you go, they're going to do it. And, and if you leave before that happens, well, that's a resignation and you don't want to do that because that means you're not going to get any compensation. Now, you can ask them. There's nothing wrong with just flat out asking them, you know, guys, if, if you're going to do it, just do it, okay, and rather than, you know, keep me in limbo. And that's fine. But it's ultimately in their, on their timeline. They can decide when to let you go. Now, here's the important part. They're obviously treating you as an independent contractor. I can assure you that after all these years, you're actually, in the eyes of the law, an employee. That means that if and when they want to let you go, they're going to owe you severance, potentially as much as two years' pay. Two years pay. So that's the important thing, because I bet you anything, when they let you go, They'll say, here's your handshake and you're out of here. We're not going to pay you anything or maybe we'll give you a couple of weeks pay because they'll say, hey, you're an independent contractor. That's nonsense. So if, if and when that happens, you give me a call and I'll make sure you get the severance that you're owed. For now, talk to them. Tell them, you know, let's just get it done if we're going to get it done. Uh, but you can't quit. Do not quit because uh, if you do, you'll be walking away from those two years pay. Okay. And another quick question, sir. My hours, they've cut them drastically. They haven't cut my salary, but my hours, they've really cut them drastically. Like, can, can they say that he's not working? There's no work for me to do. It's just kind of come in. I'll put in five, six hours a day. Bob's your uncle. I'm going home. You know what I mean? Like, at sure. first, they used to be eight to ten hours a day. You know what I mean? Now, they like they, they have nothing for me to do. And which is why they're absolutely allowed to let you go. But again, they have to pay that severance. They can't say, well, because there's no hours, uh, or because we don't have enough work, we can let you go without severance. Absolutely not. So they can let you go for for pretty much for any reason, but they're going to have to pay that two-year severance. So if anything other than you receiving two-year severance happens, you have to give me a call, Joe. Joe, this number, very important in the future for sure, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. And uh, we'll get to uh, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, pal. What's uh, what's up with you? Uh, i got a question here regarding about severance entitlement. I've uh, been working for this company five, six years now as a truck driver, and trucks pay I've been driving for them, 18-wheeler, uh, all this while, is a manual transmission. Now, the old truck's lease is, is, is coming coming up. Is uh, They're going to bring it in the newer trucks next year. And they say it's going to be all the trucks going to be automatic. Now, we did talk to them. Listen, guys, we did talk to them. We explained to them. Some of us are happy with it. Some are not. Now, if we do leave the driver, some of the driver, are they entitled to get severance? So if the, you mean if the drivers leave because the trucks are going to be automatic instead of uh, uh, manual? Yes. No, unfortunately, in that situation, uh, the, the, it's not really going to be possible to get severance. That doesn't get give you a, a really good reason to leave. Now, on the other hand, if they were going to say the trucks are automatic and now we're going to go manual and maybe you don't know how to drive manual, well, that may be a reason to leave because it's not your fault they changed things. But given the fact that you're going from manual to an automatic, presumably you know how to drive one, uh, then no, that doesn't necessarily give you the reason to leave with severance. You can you can leave, absolutely. But in this situation, the company would not have to pay you severance, Johnny. But uh, this, the reason is also that, Leo, uh, we find automatics not, some of the drivers find it, like some of the professional drivers find it in, during the winter time. automatic trucks are not safe. That's what we've been trying to tell them. They are not safe. 
Well, Johnny, I, th I think yeah. in this situation, if you can actually show, I mean, n not say, well, generally they're not safe. If you can get into a truck and show why it's not safe and maybe show the, what the problems you're having with it, then, yeah, they have to put you in a safe truck. But if the truck passes government uh, 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 requirements in terms of safety and so it's not ma mal malfunctioning, it's not broken, etc., then it's going to be very difficult to do anything about it if the truck itself otherwise is in good shape. But if it's not in good shape, if you're having to drive an unsafe truck, yeah, that changes it. At that point, you absolutely could leave with severance because one of the most basic uh, rights that you have as an employee is to work in a safe environment, and that includes the vehicle that you drive. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on cell is the number to call through. you got some time to get a hold of Lior here tonight and get on the air, ask your questions. We'll take a short break here. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the website you should use to find out exactly what your severance offer is. And outside of the radio shows here on 640, you will catch Employment Hour in 30 Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. on Global. So check that out as well. Lots to get through here. Yep, 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your cell and anytime you want to email us, help at employmenthour.com. And Employment Hour at 30, the TV show, Saturdays, 10 a.m. on Global. You'll want to check that one out as well. Dave, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Hi, thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. This is the uh, truck driving round two for you. I sure. work for a company that is uh, a federally regulated carrier. Yep. Uh, during the onboarding process, uh, we're basically, you have to sign an agreement that they don't, uh, you recognize that they don't pay overtime. Now, under the Federal Labor Code, from what I understand, there is even a formula on how to calculate uh, overtime for mileage-rated drivers as well as hourly paid drivers. Now, if I leave either on my terms or their terms or what have you, am I entitled to overtime that I should have been paid? Yes, absolutely. If the if the company is not paying you overtime that they owe you, yeah, you're absolutely owed overtime, and you could potentially go back as far as two years to recover overtime owed to you. So yes, you'd be owed that. The other thing you could do is you don't necessarily have to leave. If you decide, you can file a, a complaint with the the Federal Labor Board uh, and and have them order the company to pay you the overtime if they don't if they're not paying it to you. But to your question, if you uh, leave, they let you go, you're going to be owed the overtime. And in fact, you, any severance that you're owed, if they let you go, is going to be calculated on the basis of the including the overtime that they should have paid you, Dave. So we can only go back two years? Only two years, absolutely, yes. Okay. Now, second uh, part of that uh, same question, uh, is it legal for them to have you basically sign an agreement saying we're not paying you overtime and you agree to it? No, it's not. If you're owed overtime uh, under the, uh, the any any statute, in this case the uh, the federal statute, then they have to pay it. You cannot contract out of it. So uh, they don't have to give you a better deal necessarily than what's in the statute, but anything that you sign or that anyone sign that, that says uh, that you're not going to get overtime, then it's illegal. It's not worth the paper it's written on. It's like agreeing to get paid less than minimum wage. You can't. It's a minimum for a particular reason. Same with overtime. You can't contract out of overtime. You can't contract out of a vacation pay. You can't contract out of minimum wage, etc. Uh, and if they try to do that, that, that that's meaningless. Okay. Now, on a, a secondary issue, too, just out of curiosity, uh, there's a company that uh, we have dealt with we go in there, 
they have a policy in place that drivers are to wear a hard hat or a bump cap. There's no uh, safety concern, and a certain demographic of drivers are exempt from wearing that so long as they have their uh, religious headdress on. There's no other group that's exempt from that, regardless of what the religion is. Is that applicable, or is there does that go into human rights? Well, if that's the company's policy that that you have to, in order to be on their premises, you have to wear uh, the the headgear, then that's that's fine. That's allowed. Uh, from what you're saying, they're accommodating those that can't wear it for religious reasons. So that's great. That's their legal obligation. But you can't say, well, if if they're being allowed not to wear it, then why should I? If the company decided that you're going to wear headgear to enter their premises, that's fine. They're allowed to do that. Uh, and, and there's really nothing wrong with that as long as they're not violating anyone's uh, uh, religious rights. Roger, we'll, uh, we'll squeeze you in here before the break. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Uh, good. What's, uh, what's your concern? Yes, my question concern is I work for a food company. And uh, they, um, I, when I signed on with the company, I signed a non-compete. And, yes. Um, I would like to know one of two questions. Um, one, if I resign, I'll give my two weeks and go to another company, can they stop me from working? Or two, if they let me go and I go to another company, can they stop me working? Apparently... From what I heard for the law is uh, they, they cannot stop you from making a living and it will not stand up in court. So that's what I want to know, now, please. Thank now, you. Roger, what kind of a job do you have in, in the food services business? Is it a manager? What kind of a job? I am a salesperson and I'm non-union. Okay. So, so Roger, no, they, they, it's it's not going to hold up in court at all. So, so they can't stop you. But here's the problem you're going to have. The problem is what happens if they try to stop you? What happens if they try to enforce it? They're going to lose ultimately, but they can take legal action against you. They can uh, they could sue you. They could sue your, your your new employer and make your life very very miserable and expensive. So the real question is not is it enforceable. The real question is are they going to try to enforce it? Now I don't know the company and I don't know if they'll try to do it. I can tell you that if they did, they would probably lose. But that would still be a pretty nasty battle that you're going to have to be involved in. So. It's not a good idea to just ignore it and say, well, it's not enforceable, so who cares? Uh, probably the better approach is to, to discuss it with them and say, I'm going to work for this company. I want us to, to, to have a good relationship. I'm not going to steal your customers or steal your secrets, but I want you to not give me a hard time if I'm going to work for the other company. Uh, if you don't do that, you are taking a real risk, Raja. I've seen this happen many times. Yes, because they... Uh from what I hear from other people, friends in the industry, um, they they can make it hard. But at the same time, if I resign, but if they let me go, then it's not on the table, correct? No, not at all. No, a non-compete applies whether you resign or whether the company lets you go. So, no, either way, that's something you have to consider, okay? Either way, and you cannot ignore it. Uh, and if you do, you're taking a huge, huge risk. If you are dealing with this issue with the company, if, if they're threatening you with anything, give me a call, and we need to discuss this immediately. Roger that, number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll take a quick and final break here before we uh, wrap up for the evening. Still some time for you to call through. You know that number, 416-870-6400 and star 640 on cell. The Employment Hour, Wednesday night edition, right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.
Monday evening, Wednesday evening, the weekend shows, and now Saturdays at 10 a.m. on Global TV. You will catch Employment Hour in 30, a 30-minute program of all the good stuff you hear uh, here on the Employment Hour. And you have been for the last uh, four years or so. We'll get to a couple emails here. It is help at employmenthour.com. Bill wrote in, says, uh, I've been called into a meeting this coming Friday with my boss. I believe they're going to let me go. Is there anything I can do about it? Very common question that I get, uh, John. The the question that Bill just asked. Uh, people know that it's coming often. I've said this before on the show. If you get the sense you're going to be let go, you're probably right. So, yeah, he probably is going to be let go. Unfortunately, nothing that you can do to avoid this. What you may want to do in the meantime while you're there is let's make sure you have copies of the right documents that we need to review once they let you go. So you want to have a copy of your employment agreement. Uh, if you don't have a copy of it, ask the company for it. Just make sure you have a, that copy. If there's a bonus plan document, let's have a copy of that. Uh, if there's been any discipline in the past uh, so, and you received disciplinary letters, let's see if we can get copies of that as well. So as long as you have the right documents uh, with you and available to you, that's the only thing you really need yeah. to do. You can't avoid being let go. Why don't you go to severancepaycalculator.com in the meantime so that you can already start thinking in terms of what you're owed. And that way, when you look at their severance offer on Friday, you're not going to be shocked and surprised. Uh, And, of course, give me a call if that happens. We'll sit down and talk, and we'll make sure that you get everything that you're owed. And if they haven't paid you what you're owed, no problem. We'll get it resolved. And again, severance offer right there brings up severancepaycalculator.com as well. You can check that out. Christina writes and says, uh, my employer has relocated our office two hours drive away. Uh, I was told that I can get a ride with a colleague so that I wouldn't have to drive. If I don't want to, do I have to accept the move? Well, the thing is about a move that big, gosh, uh, three hours or two hours away, that even if you're going to get a ride with someone, you're still spending all this time in the vehicles, time that otherwise you could have done other things. So... Whether you're driving or, or taking the transport, public transportation or someone else is driving you, a change like that is going to be a very, very big deal, which means if your employer is implementing it, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and say, no, I'm not going to do that, regardless of the fact that you've arranged for a colleague to drive me, and I'm going to leave with severance. Pretty much in every situation, a change like this two hours away is going to be a constructive dismissal. So you have rights, and you don't have to accept that change, and and it's a huge, huge deal. So Christine should give me a call. I want to talk to her about this. Let's talk about how much severance she's going to be owed based on on her age, position, and length of employment Uh, because I I can't blame her for not wanting to commute two hours each way. Gosh, that would be uh, pretty, pretty rough. And again, if they do it this time, she accepts it. They can do it again, right? They can do it again, and then it's another two hours, and then there's not much you can do about it. You only get one kick at the can when it comes to a constructive dismissal. So make it count, uh, and don't accept changes that are going to come back to, to haunt you later on. We'll get to one last one here from Sean. says, I was hit by a co-worker at work. Uh, he wasn't charged with a criminal offense. He still works there. Makes me feel really uncomfortable. What do I do? Well, I, I, the first thing you would do is I hope that you would, you spoke with your employer and, and you told them what happened and, and that they were uncomfortable uh, because they can't ignore it. Uh, they can't just say, well, too bad, so sad. If you were, uh, you know, if you were hurt, if someone assaulted you and, and, and hurt you physically, then, yeah, you should be concerned and they can't just ignore that problem. I think that what they need to do is separate the two of you, give you different uh, work assignments, locations, shifts, what have you, so that you don't work together. If they won't do that, if they won't uh, do the right thing, which is to, to make sure you don't have to work with this guy, then again, to me, that's a constructive dismissal. You're now working potentially in an unsafe uh, work right. environment. 
definitely in an uncomfortable work environment uh, because you have to you know, work shoulder to shoulder with uh, someone that's assaulted you. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to put up with something like that and, and, and tolerate and suffer through that. So if that's your situation, your, your employer won't uh, change that, won't separate the two of you, won't solve that problem, then that's a constructive dismissal. Give me a call. And let's talk about getting you out of there with compensation. And we'll wrap it for another night, my friend. That number again to get a hold of Lior anytime or anybody in his firm, 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com and severancepaycalculator.com as well. If you want to find out what your severance really should be, it's free, it's anonymous, simple to use, takes about seconds, and you can contact Lior and the firm at the bottom of that if you so wish. Uh, back here Monday night, the Wednesday night show, of course, the weekends, and now uh, Saturdays, 10 a.m. on Global TV, Employment Hour in 30. Hope to see this weekend, Saturday morning as well. Till next time, the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640.